Shalom to all. Today's office Baba Kamadaf Lamed, and we are starting right at the top with a brand new Mishnah. And today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Mars Miriam Sarabas, Rabbi Yaakov Moshe, her Neshama should have an Oliah, and Lili Nishmas, Rabbi Chamil Mardachai, and Rabbi his Neshama should have an Oliah. And the Mishnah says, a person poured water into the Shusarabim, and someone else got damaged on it, so he's chayven his damages. Another case which we had right before this in the Gemara, Hamatsinas Hakoitz Vasis Kuchis, someone who hides his thorns or glass, Bagodjas Gidra Bakoitzim, or someone who makes a fence out of thorns, or a wall that fell into the Shusrabim, Yuzak Ben Acherim, and other people got damaged, Chayv Ben Iskon, so he's Chayv to pay for their damages. Now, Amarav, Rav comments on the first case of the Mishnah where the fellow poured water into the Shusrabim and someone got damaged. That's Lashon, who was only taught El Dinitan Fu Kalebamayim, were referring to his Kalim, his clothing, or something else, got ruined in the water. Well, who my putter? But if the person himself got damaged, for example, if the fellow himself slipped and let's say broke his arm, so then the water pourer is putter. Why is that? Because Karka Elam Hazikasai. It's the ground which damaged this person, and it wasn't the water. The owner of the water is just a Rama Benizakin, but he didn't actually cause the damage. However, it should only be considered like his refesh, like his mud. What does that mean? So according to Rav, like we had learned yesterday, it must be referring to a case where this fellow was not Mafgir's water, because if he was Mafgir's water, then he should not have to pay for somebody else's Kalim getting damaged, because one is putter for Kalim getting damaged in a bar, so it must be that he retained ownership of his water, and that means that it's his mumminess which is damaging. Well, if so says Ravuna, then why don't we say that the water mixed with the dirt that's on the ground, made it into big thick mud, and when this fellow slipped and hurt himself, he got hurt on that mud itself, and not just on the ground, and that mud is owned by the owner of the water, because the water is mixed with the mud, and the owner of the water should be chayif for that. So the answer is no. Do you really think that the water didn't disappear over here, meaning that there's still a whole bunch of water, and mud was created? But the Tomamaya we're talking about where there was no more water. There was just a little bit of water, there was enough water for the fellow to slip, but there wasn't enough water for mud to be created, and that's why the owner of the water is only chayif if the person's kingdom got damaged, but not if the person slipped and broke his arm. The What do we need to have both cases for, as we just said, we mentioned this previously on yesterday's daf, so why do we have to have two of the similar cases? So our answer is once talking about this happened in the summer, and once talking about this happened in the winter. The Tanya we mentioned this earlier in the Masechta and Davav, all those the Chum said are allowed to put something out into the street. Pais can be by saying they're allowed to open their drain pipes for Garfun Mari Sehen, and they're allowed to shovel their waste pits out into the Shusarabim. So if it's the summer in Lam Roshos, they're not allowed to do that because it ruins the Shusarabim by having all this waste spilled out into it. But if it's the winter, Yashlam Roshos they are allowed to do so. Now, if Alphabet even though they're allowed to put their waste out into the Shusram during the winter, because not ruining the Shusram, it's muddy anyway, still, in Mizikai, if their waste damaged somebody, so then they're Chayav to pay. That's why you have to have two of the same cases. One of them is talking about the summer, and one of them is talking about the winter. And we continue with the next case of the Mishnah, Matthias Akats Vachulu, and we're really going on the Vachulu, which is referring to where he made a fence out of thorns. So Amr Abyechon Rechon says, This is only taught if the thorns are sticking out into the Shusram, so if someone gets damaged on them, the owner of the wall is Chayav. But if you limited them to his property, Loy, so he's not chayv if someone gets damaged on them. My time potter, why is he potter? That's because it's not normal for people to rub up against walls. And even though this wall abuts the Rishos Rabim, and people are allowed to walk near it, since the thorns are limited to this fellow's Rishos, and they're not actually protruding to the Rishos Rabim, it's not normal for people to rub their way against the wall as they're walking, so the owner of the wall is not chayv. And the market is turn around, we have a braise. If a person hid his thorns or his pieces of glass inside his friend's wall, so Reuven has a bunch of thorns, a whole bunch of pieces of broken glass, and he walks by Shimon's wall, which abuts the Rosh Rabbim, and he puts them in a hole in the wall. And then the owner of the wall, Shimon, comes, and he knocks his wall down, and falls into the Rosh Rabbim, and someone got damaged on those thorns or glass, the one that hid the thorns there, Reuven, he's Chayev. And Amar B'yechon says, that's only talking about a bad wall, a shaky one, which was probably going to be knocked down anyway, so Reuven should have realized that the wall is going to be knocked down, and then someone might get damaged on his thorns. Amar B'yechon says, 
but if it's a good, healthy, solid, strong wall, Hamatznia Potter, the one that hid his thorns there, that would be Ruvain, he's Potter, Bechayv Balakaisel, and the owner of the wall is Chayv. That's because he should realize that there are holes in his wall and that people might hide dangerous objects in there. And so before he knocked down his wall, he should go looking through all the cracks and crevices to make sure that there's nothing that could damage anybody. Now, Marvina Ravina says, Zaysamaris tells us, if a person covered his own bar with his friend's cover, and the owner of the cover came along and took his cover, now uncovering the pit, so the owner of the bar is Chayev. And that's similar to the case of hiding thorns in a shaky wall. Asking Rapshita, that's obvious. That's literally the same exact case. What the Chiddush Ravina is trying to teach us? So my answer is no. By the time we might have thought, Hasam over there in the case of the wall, who he doesn't know him to tell him. Meaning, you might have thought that actually the owner of the wall would be Chayev, and it's just that the only reason why he's not Chayev is because he doesn't know who put their thorns there in order to go tell him, hey buddy, I'm about to knock down my wall, please take your thorns out. And that's what we're saying, that the owner of the thorns is Chayev. Abel Hacham over here, the Yadale, where he knows him, meaning the owner of the cover knows who the owner of the pit is, you might think that he should tell him, hey, I'm taking my cover off your pit, you gotta go find another cover. And since he didn't tell him that, maybe the owner of the cover is Chayev and not the owner of the pit. Kamashmon, the Chiddush is, that no, the owner of the pit is Chayev in this case as well. I think where it tells us, Tanar Bonu, we have a Braisa, Chasidim, or Yishayim, the earlier people of pious and devout nature, they would hide their thorns and their pieces of glass and other hazardous materials they had inside their fields, and they would dig them three tfachim into the ground, so that the plow doesn't get stopped. That's because the plow goes three tfachim into the ground. Tells the course of Yushalmi that it wasn't so the plow doesn't get stopped. It's so that the plow doesn't pick them up out of the ground so people won't get damaged on them. And that fits very well with the fact that they're chasidim and they want to do their utmost to make sure no one's going to get damaged. Now, if Sheshes, what would he do with these dangerous things? Shadilhu Benura, he would throw them into the fire. And Rava, what would he would do? Shadilhu Bediglas, he would throw them into the river. And Omar Vihud Ravhuda says, If a person wants to be a chasid, a pious and devout individual, he should have filled matters of Nizakin, meaning all these different things that we're going to be learning in Masechus Baba Kaba, Baba Metzim, Baba Basra. Rav Amarava says he should fulfill Mili de Avais, everything that's mentioned in Masechus Avais. Ramila and some say Mili de Brachos, he should fulfill everything that's mentioned in Masechus Brachos. And not the brand new Mishnah. Hamaitzi has Tevin of Akash, Rabim, Lizvalim. A person brings out his Tevin and Kash, which is two different types of straw, out into the Rabim for Zvalim. He wants him to be turned into fertilizer. The way that it worked is that people would step all over it and would begin to decompose and rot, and that became really good fertilizer. Fuzak Ben Acher, then someone got damaged on them. So he's chayv to pay for this damage. And anyone who jumps and is zaych in these things that are on the Rishos Rabbim, so he's zaych in them, he could keep them. Whereas Rishim Gamliel and Rishim Gamliel says, anyone that brings out a kilkel, something they could damage into the Rishos Rabbim, and that damages, so he's chayv to pay. And anyone who takes it, so he's zaych in it. I think Mars can explain what Rishim Gamliel is saying differently than Tanakama. Someone who turns over a pile of dung that's in the Rishos Rabbim, and someone else got damaged on it, so he's chayv to pay for his damage. I think Mars suggests, at a time when everyone was bringing their fertilizer out, meaning this was a time to fertilize fields, other mighty Zivler Shusha Rabim, a person allowed to bring his fertilizer out into the Shusha Rabim, and he could leave it gathered there for 30 days, so it can be stepped on by people and animals, and this helps improve it even more. And the reason why he's allowed to do this is It was because of this, meaning this was one of the conditions and stipulations that Yeshua made when they came into Eretz Yisrael. So it seems to be that our mission is not Rabbi Yehuda. Clearly, a person is allowed to bring a zevel out into the Rishas Rabim, and there's no problem. So Gemara says, no, I feel to Rabbi Yehuda. We can even say our Rabbi Yehuda, and we can answer that might Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda agrees, 
Shim Hizik, Mishamash Hizik. That if these things ended up damaging somebody, so then the owner has to pay for the damage. As a how can you say that about Tanan? We have a Mishnah. According to some, it's about Tan, you have a Braiso. Rabbi Huda, I'm Rabbi Huda says, That if a damage happened because of a Ner which was outside in the street, so the owner of that Ner is Pater, because that was brought out for Rishos. My love, Mishim Rishos Bezdin, is that because there's Rishos Bezdin, Bezdin says he has to put his Ner out in the street for pursuing Nisa. So you see the Quran Huda, the one Bezdin allows you to bring something potentially damaging out into the Rishos Arabim, if it damages your Pater. So where it says, Lord, it's not so. Mishim Rishos Mitzvah, it's because he has a Mitzvah to do this. It's not just because Bezdin says you have to put your Ner out in the street. The Mitzvah is to put your Ner out in the street. And that's why a person would be Pater if it damages. The time you have a Braiso, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, by Ner Chanukah, he's Pater if it damages because he has the Rishos of a Mitzvah to do it. But if it's just Rishos Bezdin that allows him to bring a Zevel, for example, out into the Rishos Arabim, so he might be allowed to put it there. However, if it damages somebody, he would have to pay for that. Only more continues Tashma. We have a Braiso that says, All these that they said that one's allowed to bring out a Kilkel into the Rishos Arabim, for example, things that we mentioned before, that a person's allowed to open up their drain pipes and waste into the Rishos Arabim, and Mazigo, if they damage somebody, so the owner has to pay. So we see very clearly from here that Rabbi Huda holds that if a person is allowed to bring something potentially damaging out into the Rishos Arabim and it damages somebody, he's not chayv to pay. So Rav Nachman, Nachman answers, no problem. Our could be talking about a time period of the year that a person is not allowed to bring his evil out into the Rishos Arabim, and it could even be a to Rabbi Huda, because in that case, Rabbi Huda says, look, you're not allowed to bring it out to the Rishos Arabim, so if it damages, you're chayv. Whereas Rashi Marvashi gives a different answer. Our mission could be Rabbi Huda. Our mission specifically says that he brought Tevin Vikash outside, which is straw, and the reason why he would be chayv, even according to Rabbi Huda, if it damages, Mishim the Mister Key is because it's very slippery. These types of things are more damaging than other types of zvalim, and that's why Rabbi Huda, even though he might potter a damage caused by other zavel, but if a damage is caused by Tevin and Kash that were brought outside, even Rabbi Huda would be mechayev. I think Mark continues to explain the Mishnah called Kaidem Bahenzacha. Whoever's Kaidem in these things, he's zaychen them. He's allowed to take them. Now we have Machlekes. Amar Rav Rav says Bein Begufon Bein Beshivchon. A person is allowed to take this thing itself, meaning the Tevin or Kash, and he's allowed to take the Shavach as well, meaning the improvement that was caused by people stepping on it and becoming fertilizer. Who's the Iri Amar? The says Beshivchon Avoloi Begufon. One's only allowed to take the Shabbach, but not the thing itself. And we're going to explain this in a moment. Let's just continue. But my Kamuflagate, what are they arguing about? So Rav Sava Rav holds, Kansu Gufan Misham Shivchan, that the Cham Kanas, that we're allowed to take the Guf because of the Shabbach. Uzairi Sava Zairi holds, Loi Kansu Gufan Misham Shivchan, that they did not Kanas, you're allowed to take the Guf because of the Shabbach. And you're only allowed to take the Shabbach. Now, what does it mean, the Guf and the Shabbach? So this fellow wasn't allowed to put this out into the Rishus Rabbim in the first place. And that means that the Shabbach was illegally gained. The fact that it improved because people in Rishus Rabbim stepped on it, that something was caused illegally. And therefore, according to Rav, he's Kanas that even the Karen's allowed to be taken. However, according to Zairi, one is only allowed to take the Shavach because that's the only legal part here. And what does that mean, taking the Shavach and not the thing itself? The Shavach is mixed in with the thing itself. It just means he takes the whole thing and he just has to reimburse the owner for the value of the straw. So let's say the straw itself was worth 100. And now that it's Zevel, it improved, it's worth 120. So the taker has to pay the owner 100, but he keeps the 20 for himself. Whereas according to Rav, the taker keeps everything. Sagmar asks Tanan, our Mishnah at the end says, Somebody turns over a pile of dung of Rishus Rabbim, and somebody else got damaged on them, he's chayv to pay for that damage. Now, it does not say in the Mishnah, whoever is kaidem and takes it, he wins. Now, glalim, dung and Rishus Rabbim, is not something that improves. It is as it is. And that's what we would call the guf of the thing itself. And clearly, we see in the Mishnah that a person is not allowed to take the guf. And so, this is a kashan rav who says that a person is allowed to take the guf of something that's in the Rishus Rabbim, which can potentially damage. So, Gemara says, no, ton of the ratio of and Seifa. It was taught in the ratio that one's allowed to take this thing, and that applies to the Seifa as well, even though it doesn't actually say it. The how can you say that? Vatani Allah, a brisa was taught on this. Asur Mishum Gazel, that's Asur because of Gazel. So we see that it's Asur to take it. So Gemara says, no, Kikitani Asur Mishum Gazel, when the brisa says that it's Asur because of Gazel, Akul Masisin Kai. It's going on the whole Mishnah. And what does that mean it's Asur because of Gazel? We said in the Mishnah that he is allowed to take the thing that was left in the Shasarab, 
Rabbim? And the answer is, it's referring to that first person who took these things from the Shus Rabbim that he's allowed to, it's considered gazela if you take it from him. Meaning if Reuven left his stuff out on the Shus Rabbim, so Shimon's allowed to take them, that's what it means, call kind of Hamzacha. And when the Brasa says, Vasurmishim Gazel, that means that Levi's not allowed to take them from Shimon. The Gemara says, that's not true. Vaholoi Katani Hachi, it doesn't say that. Did not we have a Mishnah? According to some Gersai, it says, Tanya, we have a Brasa. Hamati Tevin Kash, the Shus Rabbim was volume. If a person brings his Tevin and Kash out to the Shus Rabbim to turn into Zevel, Vuhuzak Ben Akhir, and some got damage on them, Chai Ben Iskai, the owner of that straw is Chai to pay for that damage. Vahol Kadim Hanzacha, and the first guy that gets them, he's Zaychan them, Umotim Shum Gazel, and it's Mutter because of Gazel. And the Mishnah, the Brasa continues, Vahavik Sagal, or Shus Rabbim, and someone who turns over a pile of dung in the Rosh Rabbim, Vuhuzak Ben Akhir, and someone else got damage on them, Chayev, he's Chayev, Vahasim Shum Gazel, and it's Asr because of Gazel. So we see very clearly that when we're talking about the Golal, it's Asr because of Gazel. Kash on Rav. So Rav Nachman Yitzchak, Nachman Yitzchak answers, Gol Karamis, you're asking from a case of Golal, something that is able to improve, and then let's say that did improve, so the Cham Kenas, the Guf because of the Shavach, and you're allowed to take the whole thing. And that's what Rav said. But something that cannot improve, such as Golal, like Kansu, so they didn't Kenas at all, meaning you're not allowed to even take the item itself. And that's why there's no problem with Rav, you're actually not allowed to take these Golalim. Now, we buy the following question, according to the one, which is Rav, who says that they Kenas the Guf of the thing because of the Shavach, and you're allowed to take the whole thing. Did they make that Kenas right away? And the moment you see Tevin and Kash even before it improved, you're allowed to take it. Or did they pass Kenas only once a Shavach was gained? Meaning, only once you see that it became Zevel, so then you're allowed to take it. But beforehand, while it's just having an Kash, you're not allowed to take it yet. So Gemara attempts to answer Tashma mid Kairin on Galal from the fact that we asked a question on Rav from the case of Galal. And Galalim are something we said does not have Shavach, which means that whoever asked a question on Rav from Galal is understanding that Rav holds that we Kenas even just the thing itself before there's any Shavach. Because again, Galal doesn't have Shavach. Ask Gemara for Tisbra as a logical to say that, make me of Nachman. The whole question on Rav from the case of Golol only came before Rav Nachman gave his answer. But Labas is showing Rav Nachman, after Rav Nachman gave his answer, could we ask Golol as a question at all? Obviously not. So we can't bring a riot from Golol Bechlal. Now the Gemara suggests, let's say this Machlak is Rav and Ze'iri is Machlak's Tanaim. We have a mission that says, Shtar by Ribis, a Shtar alone document that had Ribis written in it, meaning Ruven let money to Shimon with Ribis, he has to pay him interest. We cannot Ruven, he's not to collect the Karen or the Ribis, that's our mayor's opinion, meaning Ruvain totally loses out on his loan. He gave this money to Shimon. He doesn't get it back at all. He collects the Karen. He gets to take the principal loan, but he just doesn't take the interest back. So let's say Rav holds a Grav Mayor that we can ask everything, even the principal, the original, and Zairi is like the Rabbanon. We only can ask the Shavach, which would be the interest over here, and we don't can ask the original loan. Tomorrow says that's not a riot. Amalcha Rav, Rav will tell you, I know that I'm Rafi the Rabbanon. I would even hold the Rabbanon. I can't like Rabbanon Hassam. The Rabbanon only say what they do over there. That the lender is allowed to collect his Karen, the principal, is al Karen de Betera, because Karen itself is mutter. A prince is allowed to lend Karen and take it back, as long as there's no interest. So there's nothing wrong with the Karen itself. Avalach, but over here, when we're talking about bringing Tevin and Kash into the Shus Rabbim, Karen Gufa Kamazik. The Karen itself is causing a damage, so that's why the person gets Kanas, that even his Karen gets taken away. Uziri or Melchaziri would tell you, I would even say like Rav Meir. The only reason why Rav Meir is very machmir in the case of the loan is only Siva, it's because already at the time of writing the document, meaning at the beginning of the loan, there's a problem to Avale Suma. He did a Suma for him. What's a Suma? Suma's from Lashon of the Pasuk, Leises Simon all of Nashach, don't place Ribis on him. So since already from the beginning of the loan, he said, you're going to have to pay interest, so we can ask the whole thing. Avale Hachabot over here, in the case of bringing Tevin and Kasha onto the Shus Rabbim, Miyamer Damazek, are we going to say for sure that it's going to cause the damage? Who says that Tevin and Kasha is going to cause the damage? That we're going to Kanas him, that you're allowed to even take the Tevin and Kash. The Kanas is only on the Shavach and not on the original. So this Machlech's Tanayim is not like the Machlech's Rav and Ze'iri. The Gemara attempts another try, Le Makhani Tanay, let's say Machlech's Rav and Ze'iri, has like the following Machlech's Tanayim, which is very similar to our Mishnah. A person brings his Tevin and Kash out to the Shus Rabbim to turn into fertilized.
fertilizer, and anyone who's kaidem in them, he's zaycha, he could take it. Gazel. Now this itself seems like a steer, and the Gemara is going to address that. Anyone that brings something into the Rosh Hashanah that could damage, and it damages, he's chayv to pay. And whoever is kaidem and he gets them, he's zaycha. And with Hamishim Gazel, there's no issue of Gazel. Now the Gemara addresses what we just pointed out. In the Tanakhama, it seems like there's a problem. Amrit, you said, call kaidem hanzacha, that anyone who's kaidem could take them. Mashma, that there's no problem to take them. Kamar, and then right afterwards, he said, Gazel, that it's also because of Gazel. Well, are you allowed to take them, or are you not allowed to take them? Kamar must be this what the Tanakhama is saying. Call Anyone who takes them, he's allowed to take the Shavach, the amount that it improved. And then when the Tanakhama says, Gazel, that it's also because of Gazel, a Gufon, that means you're not allowed to take the thing itself. And then is coming along to say that a filu Gufon Nami, call that even the Guf, the thing itself, the original Tevin and Kash, anyone who wants to take them can take them, and there's no issue of Gazel. So it seemed that the Tanakhama is like Ziri, and Rav Shimon Gamliel is like Rav. So Gamar says, Liziri, Vade Tanahi. According to Ziri, you're right, it's 100% Machlekes Tanahim. Whereas Larav, Mile Tanahi, according to Rav, who says it's Machlekes Tanahim, Armelcha Rav, Rav will tell you that the Kuli Alma comes to Gufa Mishum Shevchan. Really, everyone holds that we can ask the Guf because of the Shavach, and you could take the whole thing. Bahachan over here, Bahalacha of Ein Marin Kain Kamifligi. The whole Machlekes between Tanakhama and Rav Shimon Gamliel is regarding this concept, Halacha of Ein Marin Kain, which means that this is a Halacha, but we won't pass it like this explicitly for somebody. And that's what they're arguing about. This is the halacha, but we're not going to pass like this for somebody who comes to ask us. Meaning, if a person says, Hey, I see Tavan and Kash and Rishus Rab, am I allowed to take it? We're going to say, No, you are not allowed to. But if he takes it, we're not going to take it back from him. Whereas Ravad Rabba Amar, Ravad Rabba says, Halachu Myron Kane. This is the halacha, and we will pass like this for somebody. And that's Machlech between Tanakam and Rishim Gamliel. The Gemara asks, Any, is that really so? Did Ravuna really say this? But Ravuna Afkar Hushli, Ravuna was Mafkir peeled barley that somebody put out in the Rishus Rabim, and he said, Beferish, the people are allowed to take it. And Ravad Rabba Afkar Sli Kusta, Ravad Rabba was Mafkar this Likusta, which is some sort of date byproduct, and allowed people to take it. Laman Alpha on the top. So here's the question. Bishlam Ravada Brava, Kishmite say, we understand Ravada Brava, he's Lashitasai, then Halacha, Umayrin Kane. Then if someone puts out a Hezek in the Rosh Rabim, it's not only the Halacha that you're allowed to take it, but we're going to paskin to whoever asks, yes, go take it. Al Ravuna, Lema Hadrabe. But based off where Ravuna said that we're allowed to take this Hushli, would we say that he's Chaiser, that it's Halacha of Ain Myron Kane? The says, no, Hanu Musrin Havu. These people were warned, meaning these people constantly did this, bring the stuff out to the Rosh Rabim, and they were told multiple times, don't bring it out to their Shusarabim. So finally, Rafuna says, you know what? All this stuff is half you're allowed to take it. But in a standard case, where a person brings it out to their Shusarabim, let's say the first time, so Rafuna Paskins that halacha ve'ain myron kane. So once again, we do not have a riot. This machlekas Ravin Ziri, whether or not we can ask Gufan Mishum Shifchan, is machlekas Tanoim. We're going to stop here for the day and pick up tomorrow with a new Mishnah. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.